You're listening to the U.S. Glass Magazine's special daily podcast, Glass Industry Update, The Coronavirus. I'm your podcast moderator, Chris Bunn. This podcast is designed to bring you the latest industry news surrounding the business disruptions in our industry caused by the worldwide pandemic. Be sure to check in daily for a new podcast with the latest updates. And now I'll turn it over to Deb Levy, publisher of U.S. Glass, who will give you an update and introduce our special guest. Thank you, Chris. I'm so pleased to have with us today as we start the week off, Chris Bockler. Chris is the president of ICD Coatings, based in Washington State. And Chris has been part of her family-owned business since... How old were you when you started, Chris? I can't even imagine. <laughs> well, te- technically a zygote, I'm sure, but... Uh, I <laughs> Great. <laughs> I started out of college, uh, but prior to that, I was part of it, but didn't really care much. <laughs> right. But after college, it became a career, right? <laughs> yeah. I, I like to say I fell into the bear trap, but yes... I understand. Well, Chris, do you want to take just a second and tell, um, I think almost everyone would be familiar with your company, but just for for the few people who aren't, just give us a little bit of background about what you do before we talk about how um, the pandemic is affecting you. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, IBCD High Performance Coatings has been around for over 30 years. We manufacture um, the kind of the premier uh, <clears throat> silicone uh, spandrel coating for glass for the market. Been in the glass industry for a very long time. Uh, we also manufacture a whole slew of other things, for, products for um, front windshields, inks, and those types of things. So we service not just the flat glass industry, but the automotive industry and uh, other paint and coating industries as well with silicone resins. So we're, we're quite quite diversified now compared to where we were 30 years ago. Well, Chris, I want, you know, you and I talked at the beginning of the week when uh, everything was kind of blowing up uh, around everyone and all of the stay at home orders were being put in place and a whole variety of other things. And I'm just curious how your week turned out. How did it go? Well, luckily um, we started weeks ago with uh, scenario planning and contingency planning. Uh, I don't know if it's lucky on my part, but, uh, Probably like just good of, good management, you know. I, well, I hope so. You know, the lucky part, uh, or not calling it lucky part, is the fact that I've been through now pretty uh, three major global disruptions uh, from 9/11, the recession, mm-hmm. and now this. So I'm very lucky mm-hmm. that at least I was uh, I've led uh, watched my father lead or myself through those times. So yeah, we started weeks ago with contingency plans, and uh, this week. This one was a tough one because the state of Washington being one of the epicenters, of course, we don't, we don't know as we're seeing Pennsylvania, we're seeing California and the others putting the shelter in place. You don't know what that's going to do or to affect your business. And so when I talked to you, I had no clue what we were, what other mm-hmm. people in the industry were doing or what was happening and, and come to find out that every day is just different. We don't know until we get clarification. So um, right. it's been up, it's been down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we saw a number of companies in um, supplier companies and fabricators initially close because and then realize that they could be considered essential or make a case for being essential or get an exemption in some states and then reopen. And then we saw some others that basically just said, you know what, for the health of our employees, we are going to close. So what did you end up doing this week? Well, we are we are open. We feel that mm-hmm. as long as our customer base, the fabricators out there are considered essential and they really are, 
because we're closing up with our products and their products combined together. We're closing up hospitals and civic centers or any, you know, things that are very critical. So I feel very strong in our purpose of continuing to supply those products for those people so they can do that and not have a disruption. Um, I think that, yes, we have to shelter in place and we've taken tremendous amount of steps in the company to keep our employees safe and healthy Mm -hmm. and everybody's doing really well. I'll never put profits over people. So yeah, that's it, it, we are open. And the only thing that will stop us, of course, is if we uh, get COVID brought into the facility um, right. and we can't mitigate areas of manufacturing and clean or whatever. We've got all those plans in place, but you know, you don't know. You got like five million unknowns right. every day. So we are right. open. What, we are strong. Mm-hmm. Well, that's good to hear. And what are some of the things that you have put in place? What programs have you put in place to protect against getting it into the plant? Yeah, well, um, being scientist myself, you know, and being scientist-driven company, you know, we focus on the the scientific bodies of the CDC and the NAIH uh, and the World Health Organization on the steps we needed to take. So we've been social distancing inside the plant for a couple weeks, um, mm-hmm. broke up break areas. We have uh, three, four times a day that we disinfect every corner, crack, handle. Mm, wow bucket, you name it. So you can expect it comes out of our facility. Um, it's about as clean as you possibly could be. So, um, that keeps everybody pretty happy. Of course, everybody's nervous. Sure. We also instituted immediately and we're lucky we could do this. We, uh, very sound company, well-run financially. Um, before we even heard anything, what the government could do, we initiated a two week, um, sick time for any employee, uh, affected, whether they had a child, the school closed or they, are sick or whether they actually were diagnosed. It didn't have to be a COVID diagnosis. Um, so we added instantly a pool of uh, ease uh, to the employees to be able mm-hmm. to take that. So That makes sense to not worry about it. We did very similar things to that, although we don't have a plan, but we did some similar things. Um, you know what I was thinking about too, as you mentioned, both 9-11 and uh, the, the Great Recession. Uh, I feel... Uh, I was trying to figure out why this felt so much more uneasy to me. And then I came to realize it's because you have the whole overlay of everyone's health. You know, with 9-11, basically, except for the people in New York and near the Pentagon, we weren't as concerned with people's immediate physical health as we are with everybody. Uh, it's it's kind of a whole overlay on managing. Did, did you have kind of similar thoughts? Absolutely. I, I did. In fact, I remember, you know, 9-11, it happened so suddenly. And uh, we just had to be on pause for a few days to see how we were going to crawl out of it. And with the recession, it happened and it was staggered for a lot of people. <clears throat> you saw banks or you saw certain bubbles popping. But then like for us, we're 18 months or so behind uh, the mm-hmm. building starts. And so we saw phased unrolling. So we could make plans for that. This one, it's been like watching a just slow tide wave mm-hmm. through from the very beginning and just a slowing down and dismantling of the economy. It's been really difficult to, to, to plan yeah. for it for that reason. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost like you're preparing for a hurricane that just never really arrives. You know, this is another yeah. challenge. How is yep. your area of the country doing? Because it seemed in the beginning that was the worst uh, outbreak in the country. And now from what you know, we see here in the East, it, it looks like it's gotten under control. Do you, do you feel that there's been more mitigation of new cases there? 
Oh, there definitely is. Um, I think that it's under as much control as it can be, but it, um, every major city in the U S I think is going to start seeing what we've seen in the last few weeks. And, uh, it's pretty dire out here for hospitals. So some, what I'm enjoying right now is that we have started to, to get a, such a handle here at ICD that now I have the capacity to hear those calls for help at ER facilities mm. or other help. Wow. We're sending masks. We're sending um, okay. hand sanitizer mm-hmm. that we make in-house and all that. So at least now I can pay attention to the greater community's need. They're hurting. Yeah, we're giving away what we can. We're helping to support. Yeah. Families helping to support to the, the hospitals, but it's going to be a problem. I really think going two forward. to three weeks, Deb. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, think it's yeah. Be worse. Gotcha. I'm very impressed that you're making hand sanitizer. I didn't realize that you could gear up for that that quickly. That's that's very impressive, and I think you're right. Everything you see on the curb says that we're a couple of weeks away from the really peak of of everything. So. Try and get yeah. through that as fast as we can. So, uh, you know, what advice would you have, Chris, for other suppliers out there um, who are definitely going through the same thing as you? What What have you leaned on? Yeah, I think there's two things I've figured out that have been really helpful. Number one, it goes out to all the leaders out there, is that uh, you really need to focus on um, what you have confidence in and really rail on that mm-hmm. because you're going to get hit with a million of uncertainties. So you focus on what you're confident and remember that you're leading your teams and, and you, whether you're a supplier or you're an end user of like my, my customer base is to communicate uh, as proactively and all, uh, as often as possible. Um, if it's a potential delay coming, communicate it, what could happen. Okay. Then it did happen. Here's what's happening, but have the plans and the contingency kind of talking it out with your customers Mm-hmm. prior to it helps the employees and also helps the customers we've actually seen a major drop in the amount of people calling and asking are you open because we're trying to be as more proactive about communicating events so so you're reaching out to them your customers and saying hey we're here and how are you doing things like that yes yeah sales and marketing has really shifted around to supporting customer service making sure the customers uh being reached out to but we also have a new plan coming in place today that um, we hope to move forward in the future is kind of a better routine communication to everybody about um, who you talk to and what if. Like, for example, our architect support and contractor support is going to be an operation no matter what, even if production Mm -hmm. had to go down. Production would be down in a small fashion. So communicating to people what to expect and who Mm -hmm. is it they're talking to has made a big difference, I think, for the team and for our customers. So. Well, that's good to know. I didn't realize that proactivity would be that important, but it sounds like it really is, especially with customers. I think it is. I think customers want to know. And remember, my customer is not just the glass fabricator. It's an architect. It's the glazers. Um, and, and we've got multiple programs for years now in place of doing webinars and, and training mm-hmm. for people. So they're still wanting to know. Right. Like, for example, we just this week, um, one of our architect support people had a one of her record webinar attendance. Uh, oh, how neat. Triple Because triple everybody's home. <laughs> yeah, people are home and education yeah, goes. So yeah. remember those educational yeah. spots um, yeah, and continue true. to keep those going. So letting people know our customers that, you know, we've got half half maybe shuts down at some point or, mm-hmm. or whatever, but these things are still going. So tech support's still working strong. So is uh, customer support and architect support. So communicate that and be proactive, I think is the best advice for everybody. Um, even if you're communicating, you, nothing has changed. Mm-hmm. That's right. a big difference. 
to still communicate it. And what do you think, Chris, based on everything you're seeing now are are the biggest challenges you're facing over the next few weeks? Oh, yeah, the biggest challenges. Um, You know, you can't really identify them because they keep, I call them my sneaker sideways to keep hitting me off the bow of my boat. Um, (laughs) As much as I'm preparing for scenarios and Mm -hmm. what's happening, and that's what happens. And often the biggest challenge you know, we're very lucky right now because we do have a solid crew and we're manufacturing and getting product out in record times. And uh, the biggest challenge is uh, honestly keeping a pulse on my employees, mm-hmm. um, keeping them mm-hmm. feeling calm, mm-hmm. uh, exercising my leadership in them, mm-hmm. trusting what's going on, being transparent. Uh, that becomes mm-hmm. the biggest challenge. And I've realized for me, some of my biggest challenges personally are, is, you know, I'm a single parent. I got mm-hmm. my uh, lovely little little assistant mm-hmm. who comes around with me. But if I'm not here every day, and I have to be here every day and see every person mm-hmm. and make sure that I look them in the eye and ask them what they're concerned about, yeah, mm-hmm. things will spiral. So that's really right. the, the big challenge and is keeping everybody calm. Right. And he's not in school right now, right? So he's, he's going to be with you. Yeah, no, it's uh, six weeks. I bet they'll never go back, but who knows? Yeah, that's what they did in Virginia. (laughs) Nobody's going back. So I have just one last question for you, Chris, and that is you've got a whole layer um, on you and your company that not all of our listeners would have in that you are a legacy family-owned business. So. So in addition to, you know, wanting the continuation of your business for business reasons, you also want them for familiar reasons. Does that affect you at all in terms of the decisions you make? All of my decisions are based on um, people first. Uh, And we've been, you know, people first is always meant for us as a family of, of having a sound financially run company uh, with high quality so that we don't have to worry about, making decisions on things about people or what might come down the the road later, if that makes sense. So um, I don't really worry about it. You know, it's just a company. Um, I'm lucky Mm -hmm. my folks uh, in an advisory role um, Mm -hmm. to talk things out, but um, legacy doesn't bother me. Our purpose and drive here in this company has nothing to do with our family, has everything to do with making you know, innovative products to make mm-hmm. better things and to make um, better green, sustainable things in the future for cutting down on CO2 emissions or cutting down climate change issues. So we're a very purposely, uh, purpose-driven company. And I urge mm-hmm. everyone to think about what is your purpose? And really, that carries you through the good and the bad times. So our legacy is about making bigger, better, significant changes in the world with high-quality product that, you know, that's what really and that keeps everybody employed. So yeah. that's that's the key. Wow. Well, good points all, Chris. Um, is there anything else you'd like to share with our listeners now? You know, just to follow the rules it is what the CDC says. Mm-hmm. Uh, look at your bottom line and remember that one of your most important assets is your people. Uh, mm-hmm. Better than a machinery and better than anything else. Machinery can be maintained, but people need to be maintained. And they're the, they're the ones who carry you forward. So pay attention to them. Uh, that's really pretty much it. And just be safe. Um, and remember that if we can stay working as long as we can in critical things like uh, glass and aluminum, uh, we are uh, such a backbone of the whole economy. 
uh, and a major component across pretty complex supply lanes across the globe. So very true. Keep your people safe. Good advice. Good advice for us to end on. And I thank you so, so much for all your time and for being part of our first podcast of the week. Appreciate it. I appreciate the opportunity. Always here for you, Deb. And now some updates from the companies in the glass and metal business. We'll start with a look at the fabricators. A two-week stay-at-home executive order is in place in Minnesota now, and that includes Viracon's largest production facility in Owatonna there. The plant does have an exemption there as critical to the infrastructure and will continue its operations to keep architectural glass shipping to hospitals, medical office buildings, government buildings, and all other projects. All of Viracon's locations located outside of Minnesota are unaffected by these orders. Viracon also says that customers should see no disruption in its service levels and that they are fortunate to have the Mayo Clinic health system so close by Mayo is offering quick response COVID-19 testing. Should Viracom begin to see any impact from the virus on its employees, it will utilize that. Shuko reports that its office employees are working from home and that the governor of Connecticut has approved Shuko to have its fabrication plant there remain open. To keep personnel safe, new safety and hygiene and social distancing measures have been introduced. Shuko is also working in two shifts to reduce the personal interaction among people. Shuko says the new safety measures have reduced efficiency, but the company is happy that it can keep fabrication open, even at a level below its normal capacity. Any questions should be directed to updates at shuko-usa.com. That's shuko-usa.com. Now let's take a look at some of the machinery providers. Following Ohio's decision to prevent the spread of COVID-19 virus by issuing a stay-at-home order, Latuada North America has been forced to suspend activities until Monday, April 6th, though the company says it's still able to guarantee technical, commercial, and administrative assistance services. The company also remains available for the shipment of urgent tools and spare parts. So though it's not open, it is answering and responding to customers well. Madoti is open and ready to help with tooling, parts, service, and machinery needs. It's increased its inventory of parts, tools, and other consumable items. And the company reports that it can fulfill most orders with immediate shipments. We also today have one hardware supplier report in. Clem Paisano of Vision Hardware in New Jersey says that so far the impact of his company has been minimal and that Vision has implemented precautionary measures such as remote order entry, sanitary cleaning, and distancing. Glenn anticipates that things will continue this way if no further limitations are implemented. And that's our report for today. Everyone stay safe and have a good one.